Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. for a resurrected Savior this morning. Come on. He got up from the grave so you don't have to stay there either. I believe that there's resurrection power in this room, not even just for when we die, but even for us right here, right now. And I don't know what you're going through here today. I don't know what you came in here with, but I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has strength for you. He does. I know this because even on my lowest moments, when I was in a destitute place, God stepped in the middle of that and turned around in a moment. And I know that if he did that for me, he can certainly do that for you. Whatever your story is, whatever you've been going through, whatever you've carried in here, whether you're on the highest of highs or the lowest of lows, I want you to know today that there is hope for your situation. The world has seen a lot over the last three years. But I believe that regardless of what is going on out there, it does not determine what is stirring on in here on the inside of you today. The Bible says that the power that raised Christ Jesus from the grave, should you profess to follow him, lives in you. And so whatever life has hit you with, for the past three years, two years, year, month, few days. I want you to know today that that can shift in a moment. It may not mean that the situation shifts, but your hope isn't necessarily in the situation as much as it is in the God who's over the situation. Jesus said it like this. In this world, you will have trouble. It's inevitable. It's going to happen, but take heart for I have overcome the world. So we don't have to take heart in our situation. We take strength in our revelation that God is over it all. He's over it all. And I believe, and it's my hope today, that you will leave here knowing that truth. That your confidence isn't in what this world can bring, but your confidence in the Lord, who the Bible says will not let your foot strike against the stone. He's with you. He's for you. He's strong. He is mighty. And so as we talk about this Easter Sunday, before we dive into the word today, I just want to take a moment and thank all of our teams that have gone above and beyond from everything outside, everything, all the kids areas, our worship teams, our production teams. Would you all put your hands together for the amazing city changers that make Easter happen each and every single week. Come on, you can do better than that this morning. Let's thank our teams. Thank you guys for the countless hours and effort that you've put in. Austin right here. Austin has the voice of an angel. And it doesn't just come naturally. He actually puts a lot of work into it. He's able to sing these songs because he memorizes the lyrics. He, He doesn't just have a great memory, which he does, but he's able to actually, he takes time to learn all the the songs so that he can help you encounter God because it can get distracting if we're singing, come alive, and he goes, right? And I just want, like, each and every single week, 
Guys, whether you call my city your home or maybe this is your first time here, know that this isn't a show that we put on and it's not about one guy on the stage. Yeah, if I haven't got to meet you, I'd love to meet you. My name is Eli Nelson. I'm the lead pastor of this church. I'd love to meet you, but I don't make this church happen. Our team that shows up week in and week out, Sundays, but also Monday through Saturday that make this church happen. So let's never take that for granted. Gathering together. So thankful for our city changers. Team My City, thankful for you guys. Thankful for all of you that make this happen each and every single week. And as we dive into the word this Resurrection Sunday, how many of y'all have your Bibles? Let me see them. It's okay to bring your Bible to church. If it's on your phone, that's all right. What are you going to do if your phone dies, though? <clears throat> Anyways, uh, hey, bring your Bible to church. Read your Bible. The Bible will transform your life. Learn to love the Word of God. We're going to be reading out of Romans chapter 8. You can open up to there. Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to ask that if you're sitting down, if you're able, I'm going to ask that you stand up in honor of the Word of God this morning as we dive into the Word. Romans chapter 8. Verse 10 says this, but if Christ is in you, that's a big but. <laughs> if anyone was, I, I don't know how long ago I did that message. I have a big but and I cannot lie. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death, why? Because of sin. The spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Isn't that a great word this morning? We could just put a capstone on that, say a prayer, and be on our way. I want to be able to share from this idea here. To give life to your mortal bodies. A lot of us have an eternal destiny set. Some of us don't. We don't know where we're going to go if we die. The Bible is very clear on that. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Very clear on that. No other way to heaven. No other way to God except through Jesus Christ. No other way. We could have that conversation. We could have that debate. I'll be outside after service. We could have that conversation. What I know is I was in the middle of a, a, a figurative hell in my life. Depression overwhelmed me to the point of suicide. Jesus stepped in in a moment and changed my life because my body was dying because of sin. Well, right there, he breathed a new spirit into me. It was the spirit of the son, Jesus Christ, that gave me new life. And that new life is available for you today. Whether you've never received it, or maybe you feel like you received it at one point and it's died. I want you to know today, this is what we're preaching about today, that there is a new beginning in store for you. How many of y'all looking forward to a new beginning this morning? Come on. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you administer like you do best. God, we know that you speak to us as we incline our ear to listen. So we pray right now, God, that all the distractions would get out of the way, God, myself included, that you administer to us, Holy Spirit, we give room to you right now. Open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear you. Every single person that is in this place, God, they're here to meet with you. So do what you do best and reveal yourself to them. And just right now, church, would you open up your hands and say these words after me if you're hungry for the Lord. Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, 
Amen. Amen. Hey, come on, let's put our hands together for the Word of God this morning, this Resurrection Sunday. Oh, come on, we can do better than that this morning. It's a great day. It's Easter Sunday. It's a great day. Hey, you can be seated. You can be seated. A new beginning, a new beginning is in store for you today. A new beginning this Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday can be tricky at times because sometimes we, people go to church just because it's Easter Sunday, but church is so much more than just a religious obligation. See, you're not taking part in a religious obligation. You're actually setting foot into a resurrected life. Now, some of us, what we do is we foot into that, we step foot into that, and then we step out of that. And what I want to be able to share with you today is how do we stay in that? We just came out of a sermon series called Into the Current. If you didn't have the opportunity to listen to it, I advise you to listen to it. Uh, Go to our podcast and be able to check that out. But what I want to be able to reveal to you today is to keep you from stopping short of all that God has for you. I believe he has so much in store for you. See, your journey doesn't, doesn't end here at the church on Easter Sunday when Jesus rose from the grave. Actually, this is where it starts. This is where it starts. Well, what I found is many people don't take that first step to live an abundant and full life. And my fear is that many of us stop short of what it really means to live alive in Christ. When we pull up this verse in Romans chapter 8, Paul is saying that our bodies are subject to death because of sin. This is where we are all at at some point in our life. And if we are not in touch with the Spirit, If we are not in tune with the Spirit, we will continue to find ourselves dying. But what does it say at the very end? It says, because of the Spirit who lives in you, it will give life to your mortal bodies, not just to your spiritual body. But there's a level of hope that we have, a life that we have in Christ, not just on the life to come, but the life right here, right now. Let me ask you a question. If I lay down on the stage... Just like this. How do you know if I am sleeping or dead? Simple as that. Now, if I was sleeping like this on my side, I got my therapeutic pillow right there and the one with my neck, you know, because if I don't got that, I would just wake up with a kink, right? And then my whole day is ruined. Right now, it looks like I'm sleeping. So appearances, it looks like I'm sleeping. But if I were to lay like this, vampire he said it'd be like I'm dead or if maybe it was like a crime scene and I was like that right how do you know if a person's if they're laying down like that or you just came into the stage and you just saw me laying down not moving how would you know if I was alive or dead from a distance really couldn't but you actually have to get close close enough and if you see someone on the ground what do you, what's the first thing that you do if you see someone laying on the ground and you're concerned that they might be dead or dying? You've got to go up there, check their breathing, check their breathing, and if they're not breathing, you check their pulse. And then if you don't get any of that, yes, you call 911. You call 911 and then you do CPR, right? I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. Well, pastor just said, check their breathing and check their pulse. And if it wasn't there, just to leave it at that. No, no, no. That's not what we do, right? But how we see if someone's alive is we check two things. We check their breath and we check their pulse. Better said this way. We check what is coming out of their mouth and what is flowing through their veins. 
Because I'm not necessarily checking if the heart's beating. I'm checking if the body is getting circulation. Right? I'm not necessarily checking to see if I'm, if I'm seeing breath come out. I'm really trying to feel the air come out of their mouth and out of their nostrils. So in our lives today, like, if something's going to be flowing through our veins, it's going to be blood. The Bible says that blood represents life. There's life flowing through our veins. Right? And so you don't really tell from the outside if I was asleep or if I was awake. But here's this thing about being asleep is that you don't really know that you are asleep or fell asleep until you what? Wake up. Not many people are like, I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping, this is sleep time, I'm sleeping. If that helps you fall asleep, more power to you. But you're not asleep thinking about sleeping. You actually don't even realize you fell asleep until you wake up. Can I tell you it's the same spiritually as it is physically? That you may not really even know if you're asleep spiritually until you wake up spiritually. See, we cannot be alive physically if we do not have oxygen flowing through our respiratory system. We cannot be alive spiritually if we do not have blood flowing through our cardiovascular system. Can I tell you that we cannot be alive spiritually if we do not have the spirit of Jesus flowing through our breath and through our veins? It's figuratively. It's figuratively. Jesus living in us and through us. See, I could be laying down on the ground, and it could give the appearance that I'm dead. And if you came close to me, you'd find out that maybe there's a subtle breath, or maybe there's a, a, a small pulse that's coming through my life. And what I found is that spiritually, a lot of us are like this, is that we have small glimpses of life, small glimpses of being awake spiritually, and we can go around walking around like we're alive physically, but on the inside, we're dead spiritually. And this is all right, because this is why Jesus came. So let's pull up that verse one more time, Romans chapter 8, verse 10. It says, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, so we're talking about being dead physically, but you're also dead spiritually. The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. So we find that if Jesus is living in us, he gives life not just to our spirit, but to our bodies. What are signs of if we're spiritually dead, physically alive, but spiritually dead? There's several signs of being spiritually dead. Maybe you're in here and you're feeling like you're lacking purpose. Maybe there's no hope for the future and, and can't blame you, especially what we've seen going on around the world and, and inflation. And some of us are like, I'm not going to have kids because I don't want my kids to be born into a world like this. And so you're, there's like no hope that it could get any better, right? So, or you could find yourself, signs of being spiritually dead is you're just going through the motions. You're checking on boxes. There's no purpose, no real meaning in life, as some people say, and they teach in our school system, that there's no absolute meaning in life. What a farce is that? That's not true. Can I tell you that you were made for a purpose? 
You were made for a purpose, and that was to know God. Not to know about him, but to know him intimately. Like a husband knows a wife. Like a wife knows a husband. You know everything about him. You know what makes him happy. You know what makes him sad. You know what gets him pumped, and you know what gets him discouraged. As if God could get discouraged. He doesn't. But tell, tell you what, you are called to know God. Paul said it like this in Philippians 3.10. He said, I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. But what I find is many Christians stop short of knowing Christ. Therefore, they never know the power of the resurrection. And Easter is just a holiday that they go through. It's just something that they checkmark a box. What is it like to be a person of God that overcomes just as Christ overcame? What I found is that Jesus overcame the grave, but many of us live like we're still in it. What does it mean to be spiritually dead? See, I'm afraid that many of us may be spiritually sleeping. Physically alive, but spiritually sleeping. And here's the thing. You don't know when you fall asleep until you wake up. You could be spiritually sleeping and not even know it. So this is what we need. What happens if, if you come up to someone and, and you realize that there's no breath and there's no pulse after you call 911, what do you do? CPR. I don't know if they breathe now. They don't do the breathing thing, right? Like, okay, thank you. They don't do the breathing. It's just, it's, it's the, you do it to the beat of staying alive. Like, I was petrified. Oh, no, 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 you don't do that part. It's a, ah, 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 <laughs> staying alive. All my office people know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> it's such a funny scene. All right. But they need a spiritual resuscitation. And in your life, sometimes, and it's okay to be here. I'm here all the time. Well, you're the pastor. I'm human. To be aware when I've grown complacent or gone through the motions, and sometimes I just need a shock back to life. I need a spiritual resuscitation because now I'm just fulfilling a religious duty. It happens. And so we find that God is right here in the middle of this moment, ready to give us a spiritual shock, a CPR. At just the right time, when we were dead in our sin, Christ showed up. Romans 5, 6 says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That was me. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the good news, my friend. That you didn't have to work your way back to God. God came to you. What I find, though, is that many times we overestimate how far we are from God and underestimate how close he is to us. Can I tell you that he's closer than your breath? He's one thought away. He's one breath away. Jesus came not to get something from you. No, my friend. He came that you may have life and life to the fullest. He came to get something. Well, Jesus, God just wants everything. No, I'm telling you, you are lacking everything without him. Well, Jesus just wants my life. Yeah, because you're ruining your life because you're dead in your sin. You don't realize it yet until you are awakened. 
Because you're dead in your sins. You're dead in your sleep. You don't even realize that you were dead until you were woken up. And you're like, wow, I'm awakened to a brand new purpose in life. Acts 17, 25 says this. This is talking about God. And he is not served by human hands. He doesn't need anything from you, my friend. If he needed something, that means he, wasn't, he wouldn't be God. He doesn't need anything. He wants it. He desires it. Not just for himself, but for you. Doesn't need, not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he gives, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. There that is right there. The life, the blood throwing through, flowing through our veins and the breath needed for life. God did this so that they, meaning us in this room, everyone listening to this message would seek him. And perhaps, perhaps that means you have a choice. Perhaps reach out to him. Reach out for him and find him. It's just all you got to do is reach out to find him. Though he is not far from any one of us. Because the entire time you've been running, can I tell you, God's been after you. He's not far from you. He came to give us life so that we may have life. Not to take, but to give. So I can't help but think when Jesus was up on the cross and he breathed his last breath of life, the doors were open, and now we were and are but one breath away from receiving our first breath of life. I'm talking about something physically and spiritually. That the moment Jesus created that gap, he crossed that chasm that separated us from God, now we are just one decision away from receiving that first breath of life. He's so close. He's so close to you. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. God didn't give up on you. Don't give up on him. He's one choice away. He already has a plan. He made a way. He already made a way. All you got to do is receive it. I don't care how bad you are. Paul says in the book of Timothy, chapter, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And if he can save Paul, he can save you. He can save me. Paul was killing Christians. Have you killed any Christians lately? No? He says, I, I was the worst. And God saved me. So whether whatever you're in here today, maybe it's just coming on a Sunday, there's some people that need to know this today, that this is not your final chapter. This might be just a turning of a page for you. This might be your new beginning. And so what I found is that in order to find that new beginning, you've got to receive that new life. The Bible says that he came to give us life. But what I find is that he carried the cross so that you didn't have to, so that you could have life. He carried your sin so that you don't have to, so that you can find life. He took the beating so that you don't have to, so you can find life. He took the punishment that we deserve so we don't have to, so we can find life. 
He took the shame that we deserve, that we have, so we don't have to, so we can find life. He took that depression, so you don't have to, so you can find life. He took that addiction, so you don't have to, so you can find life. He took that depression, so you don't have to, that anxiety, so you don't have to, that pain, that hurt, that guilt, that shortcomings, that insufficiency, so you don't have to, so you can find life. He took them all and overcame them so that through him you can overcome. He came so that you could overcome. Don't stop short. What I found about this is that Jesus stood up from the grave and left the grave, so why are you still in it? He got up. He got up. He left the grave. You know whose grave that was? Joseph of Arimathea. No one has used that grave before. He bought it for him and his family. And Jesus stepped in the middle and said, you know, Joseph, I know you're planning to die here, but I'm here to tell you that this is not where your story ends. I'm actually going to take your place in that grave. You thought that was for you? No, I'm taking that grave so that you don't have to stay there. And that's what Jesus did for every single one of us. But what I found in Christianity, primarily people that are saved, is that they are saved, but they stay in the grave. God didn't come so that you would stay in that grave. It feels like I'm yelling. I'm not yelling. I'm just passionate. And what I'm fearful of is that you're stopping and selling yourself short of all that God has for you. And I tell you, God's came to give you purpose. He's given you life to the fullest. That beat. So everyone just kind of put your on your chest. You feel that? That beating? The breathing? It's called your purpose. And if you're not dead, God's not done. He's still working. But there does come a point where you have to decide. Are you willing to give up all the things that this life has to offer and live your life for Christ? That's what it's about. He says, he who seeks to find his life, the Bible says, will lose it. But he who loses his life, that's the gift of the life over to God, will find it. So Romans 10, 8, my closing verse says this. Talking about what the word says. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. What is that? How do you tell if someone's alive? You check for their breath, and you check for their pulse. How do you know if someone's spiritually awake? 
what they profess and what they have their purpose for. What is coming out of your mouth? It doesn't have to be doom and gloom. And I'm not just talking about positive thinking, positive declaration. I'm talking about putting the word in your heart. Right? I'm talking about a declaration that is different than the world has, a different hope that the world has that's coming out of your mouth. But then there's also something in your heart. I believe that God raised him from the dead. There's a different type of purpose. It's not just about the money, the fame, and the girls. Is it the gold, glory, and the girls? Guys, dear lady, right? It's not about that. There's so much more. And I want you to know today, there is more to God than a Sunday service. There is more to God than a prayer that you pray. There is more to God than a verse that you read. There is more to God than a song that you sing on Christian radio. It's a person that you know. It's the Holy Spirit, and he wants to walk with you. And what you need to know today is that you're closer than you think. Way closer. And the fact that you're here, there's signs of life. Okay, this is what happens when someone's laying on the ground and they run up and, and if you're in a, a place, most places have these now, they call them an AED. And I, I know this because my father-in-law is a firefighter and he had something happen that he had to go get the AED and he ran up and he put it on this person. And this is what the AED, once it puts on there, it reads. It reads and it, it's, it checks if there's any sign of life, heart beating, electrical, anything. And then it advises, it advises the person to shock or not shock. And if there's a sign of life, it'll shock the person and bring them back to life. And I'm here to tell you today, the very fact that you are here, the very fact that you are listening to this message is a sign of life. The Bible says each person has been given a measure of faith. The faith that you have been given is all that you need. All that you need you got to use it. I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet. The fact that you're here means that you're seeking. And there's two people this message is for. One, the person that is far from God. Never given their life over to Jesus. And the second person has given their life to Jesus, but they're still going through the motions. And I want to target two different people. The first one, I want to introduce them to Jesus, and I want to pray a prayer with them. And the second person, I want to pray for, for a revitalization of that relationship that you have. Maybe it's dwindled and you've gone far from. So if you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor Eli, I've never given my life over to Jesus I've been living my life. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift, your, lift up your hand because I want to say a prayer with you. I'm going to ask every single person in this room to, raise, to, to pray along with us as a sign of support to every single person that raised their hand. This is a bold move. You're raising your hand. Jesus came all the way from heaven to earth to reunite you with the Father. The least you can do is raise your hand and say, God, I'm wanting to follow you. 
So if you're in this place, you're saying, Pastor, you let us me. I want to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead so that I can be saved, so that you don't have to worry about where you're going to go when you die. You don't got to worry about hell. You don't have to worry about paying the penalty for your sin because you're saying, Jesus, thank you for paying the penalty for my sin. So if you're in this place, I want you to lift up your hand on the count of three. Lift it up high and bold enough so I can see, because I want to see who I'm praying for today. Lift it up on the count of three. One, two, three. Shoot up your hand. Shoot up your hand. I see your hand back there. I see it right there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.